Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about a dozen years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Robert Fortress Fortney here. I'm a former editor at Muscle Mag, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter and Highland Games athlete. I run Strength Guild. I also run the USSF and Lift for Hope. And uh, with us today, at long last, is arguably the greatest powerlifter of all time, Ed Cohen. Ed, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, I've listened to you guys before, and I've known the, uh, the fortress there for quite a while. <clears throat> it's good times. We're glad to have you on. It's going to be a, it's going to be fun talking to you. I know our listeners have been looking forward to it. I I posted up, and we got about ten thousand questions in fifteen minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to answer them fast. <laughs> There we go. So, Lonnie, we had a little bit of news, and then uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, Fortress, what's up with sure. the, uh, the contest there? Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, yes, we had, we had a contest, our 250 contest, and we had some cool applicants. Um, we had some people that lost a lot of weight. We have some people that lifted a lot of weight, um, which is the name of the game here at Iron Radio. Anyway, the choice that we made for the winner of the contest is Mr. Give us a drum roll or something. Sean Choi. Sean Choi. So, um, yeah, congratulations. He did 250 pounds. Actually, he says that it's not exactly. It was actually 250 plus a little bit. And he hit a 15 rep um, max with that weight. And his video shows his form to be impeccable. Um, his effort to be um, iron radio worthy for sure. And, and uh, at the, I also like at the end that he actually kind of made a long live iron radio little uh, bellow at the end of his set. So Sweet. Um, but it was a combination of everything. Um, so, Sean Choi, congratulations. You are the winner. And uh, I don't know, Lonnie, what, what does he get, Lonnie? Well, if you can send your snail mail address uh, to Rob or... Well, I guess to Rob through our webpage would probably be the easiest. Um, he can forward that to me, and I will send you uh, some cool stuff. Probably a mug um, and some other things, actually. I've got a little... I, need to, I need to print off some of my Christmas cards and give them to you, then you can mail them out to people whenever they win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be stingy yeah. But with no, those. It's, uh, but, yeah, I, I also want to make I, – I did want, want to reiterate again that we had some cool entrants, and uh, certainly – as everybody knows, when you have a contest, you have to narrow it down to one. It certainly doesn't uh, negate the impressiveness of some of our other entrants. Um, we had some really good deadlifts pulled, like 550-pound deadlifts being pulled, and um, some really good stuff. So thanks, everybody, for uh, um, submitting what you have. And, uh, again, to Sean Choi, congratulations. Yeah, And please check out the Iron Radio Facebook page, our listeners page, because you can actually – Go see some of the cool stuff that people were doing, uh, you know, in honor of our 250th episode. So that's it. Good stuff. So that's it for the news. Now we're going to get back to uh, to Ed. When you, when you have Ed on the phone. You yeah, you just it. skip the news and go right to it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. People don't know. People don't know. I mean, what you've Ed set, what, 70 world records, roughly? Oh, and... I don't even know. I think it was actually more because I, I, I used to break a lot of my own all the time. <laughs> So and what you six world championships, seven senior nationals, and uh, you know it just yeah. Actually, it's, it's a it's 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 a lot more world championships because I went uh, I went to pretty much uh, uh, a few of the different federations to test myself. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so yeah, it's not it, was, it was yeah five or six. Jeez. So what? Let's let's start at the beginning. What what got you going initially? I mean, in just fitness in general. I was little. You were little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, a, a friend of mine, Jimmy Nichols, we uh, started lifting uh, the summer right before we went in the freshman year in high school. 
in my freshman year, I was 411, 98 pounds, so uh, I didn't want to be little anymore. And we watched Pumping Iron on TV, which got us going. And uh, then in his basement, we started working out, and that was it. When did you first compete in powerlifting? I gave up since. Uh, 1980 was my first meet. I actually worked in the Central USA bodybuilding contest in 1980 before they even had music. And uh, I was pretty tiny and stuff, but uh, it was a learning experience that I realized I didn't want to do again. <laughs> so, I mean, were you, you know, naturally pretty good? How'd you do in your first meet? Um, I... Let's see, uh, squat was 485, deadlift was 495, and the bench was 295. And that was pretty much without equipment. And uh, it took me three tries to get my squat because the squat racks didn't get low enough, so they had to take it off the rack and actually put it on my back. And then I had to walk back with it, which is a little screwed up. That's a, classic, that's, that's a classic story, and I remember you yeah. telling me that. That, that, that. that is easily on par with the whole... Arnold having to squat in the wo- in the woods with Franco and them using like tree branches as squat racks. Yeah, yeah. But when they said, "Yeah, I literally put uh, uh, an inch and a half on my legs in one workout and after whole afternoon, and he went in the woods and squatted all day long." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, and then it just then it just kept kept going from there. I never I never quit. You just you fell in love and kept rolling. I don't know what what's the one thing you would say led to your most success. I mean, was it physical attributes? Was it mental? Was it you know training partners? Uh, more it... than the men- mental being stubborn as shit and sticking <laughs> to the routine. Uh, I think I always picked my numbers realistically, so I kind of made the routine work all the time. The same routine over and over and over. Kept it basic and simple, and made it work for my body or made my body work to the routine, kind of vice versa. And since you since I always picked my numbers right, it always worked out. And then I went back after I got done and then I would set down a new base before the beginning of the next cycle uh-huh. to prepare and, and get a stronger base to build a bigger house for the next time. You know, and that's interesting you say that. I mean, I've, I've seen other interviews with you, like uh, how the one you did with Mark Ripto and stuff like that. And one of the things you mentioned that I think stands out is that um, you trained and you never missed reps in training. Um, no, and, it, it, you know, how, how many guys do you know that try a routine and three quarters of the way through, they always fall on the face, get hurt, and they start mm-hmm. missing reps, and it's always the routine's fault. It's no because your ego was too big and you picked the wrong numbers. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I look at it in the long haul. Everyone's, everyone wants to be the internet sensation overnight, yeah. right away. And <clears throat> it's not going to happen. It takes a long time. No, and I've, I've, we, we've talked about a lot before on here. I mean, you see, and I think that's one of the cases you see a lot of young kids start coming along and you see them moving up and starting to hit big numbers. And then next thing you know, they drop off the scene because they've been injured so many times. Um, yeah, and because they, 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 see, they see something on the internet, and they all want to be record holders, or they see a guy do uh, a certain amount of weight on a seated front press or a bent over roll, yeah. and they say, well, I'm going to videotape me doing it, and I'm going to try more weight and do it, just so they can post it up there, and it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that you, you mentioned consistency, because certainly in my kind of knowledge of you know what you've done and how, how you like to approach things, and you know, in the years that I've been doing what I've been doing, I've always noticed that even with the benefit of having, you know, a genetic predisposition towards being good at something, you know, it always seems that the, the, the overlying um, attribute of anybody who's successful, um, and again, to, uh, everything I suppose, but certainly I'm talking about our realm, is consistency. You know, the ability to keep doing and keep doing and keep doing and just keep following your path and I always that's why I always tell young guys it's not like you know a day or week or month or year it's years and years and years of just you know consistency 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 and so if you make a mistake you correct it and keep going but so many people they don't correct it they just keep on expecting it to to change and it doesn't change because that's their choice how many times you see lifters or just get regular people in the gym. If you leave the gym for two years and come back, they're exactly the same, looking exactly the same, lifting the same exact weights, and nothing changes with the same shitty form. Yeah. All of them. Um, 
No, I mean let's let's go. I guess we can just go on to the to the next part here. And a, a good question to be of of everything you did. I don't know what what would you say is, you know, the, the most proud accomplishment for you. What meant the most? Um, I, I I'm actually proud of not just my lifts. It's the manner in which I perform my lifts all the time are pretty much beyond reproach, mm-hmm. and that's what I think makes your your career, your legacy, whatever, how you want to say, last is that you didn't do any bullshit lifts. They're always the same. Yeah. Someone could just say your name and say, oh, well, I don't even have to watch the video. I know it's good. Yeah. That's <clears> what I like. Really cool lifts. That's spoken like a Go true, true um, artist of, of the sport, somebody who's always, who's always takes pride in not just the weight that they're lifting, but almost more importantly in, in the manner in which they do it. Yeah. That's what I try to t- tell all the guys I help. If you're going to squat, squat low. Yeah. Make it make make it good. If it's if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. Parallel is not good. You have to break. So this is a perfect segue into that. I don't even know if I was planning on touching on this, but you know, uh, you know, the, you see a lot of it in the in in various federations now. Um, wh- what are your what are your general thoughts on you know what's happening in in powerlifting now as far as even form goes in in some of these federations? There's so many judges that shouldn't be in the judges' chair. Yeah. Pretty much. At one time, you had a little bit better standards of judges in the judges' chair. Um, and you could count it. I mean, you could count either you're going to have to squat below parallel or you're going to have to squat lower, which is, I mean, that part is BS, but yeah. you know that certain judges were really hard and you got to make sure that lift is good. It's yeah. Borderline doesn't cut it. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays everyone goes in in their own little backyard meets with their own buddies judging, and they say, "Oh, he set a record. Look yeah. at this!" And you watch it. I mean, it's high from the front. Yeah. If it's high from the front. It's even worse from the side. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. What I don't understand is how they think they can get away with it because now everything's on video. You know, within thirty minutes, yeah. it's up, <laughs> and yeah. it's just making the federation and the sport look bad. Um, yeah, it does. That's what that's what does. You know, someone asked me a question yesterday about uh, what what makes a legend, and I said that it takes the the amount of years you put into it, and then it takes some championships, traveling to lift on in a, a, a different venue instead of your own backyard under different judging, and uh, and the, the exact list that you do, and if you uh, but. Uh, Legendary doesn't necessarily mean someone lifted a weight. You know, it, it means it, 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 a, a certain weight once or twice. It means over the span yeah. of a career, how long they've lasted. And, and it doesn't necessarily, sometimes it doesn't have to be records because some guys, I mean, lasted a, a long time and lifted really great weight, but they were never record setters, but they were right at their top, you know, five for 20 or 25 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then you got the others. That like a uh, single ply lifting with a uh, single lifting suit and some raw stuff, even just raw with knee wraps or raw with no knee wraps. Those those federations kind of transfer back and forth. But when you get in the multiply, the multiply won't transfer over to the single ply or the mm-hmm. raw stuff. So being a legend in multiply, which like uh, Sean Franco, uh, Gary Frank, uh, Dave Hoff, mm-hmm. those guys are monsters with the weights they handle with multiply. Yeah. But on the other on, on the other side of the fence, it doesn't transfer over to the single blonde. Yeah. No, that's the way. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are on both sides of that, and I mean, I just you just have to view it at this point as two different sports um, because yeah, they're so it, different. It, 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 it's, uh, it's the same but different. Like, uh, and 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 I've said this before: is is actually the the fractionalization is really not there amongst a lot of the athletes. If if you get together, you all yes. talk, and you all have a good time. I mean. Uh, when I blew my knee out, the first person who called me was Lou Simmons. Mm. He sent me a slide. He sent me everything. He said, if you need anything, you need any help, I know a lot of people too, and we'll get this knee back in shape. He didn't have to do that, but he was the very first person right when I got out of surgery and back home. Yeah. Now, and, and, and he's all, Louis way pro multiply in the West Side system, and we do different systems, but he was there for me right away. So it's not amongst a lot of the athletes and stuff. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of the bullshitters that post with fake yeah. names on all the websites. Yeah, they can't do it. 
So how much of your success then, I mean, would you say was tied to, I mean, it has to be high, uh, just your, your lack of injuries through your career compared to most people? I mean... Uh, ex- exactly what I said to me, and sticking to this, to, to almost the same routine that I found that worked, mm-hmm. uh, making, uh, perfecting your form for your body type, and uh, and just picking the right numbers all the time. <clears throat> not, not, not my ego. You know, I'm uh, saving for the meat. Yeah. I'm, po- I'm a power lifter. I want to save it for the meat, not the gym. Yeah. You know, I remember what it was that I was saying before, and something that you personally told me years ago, and that was that. Um, you said to me that, you know, when you're pushing, you know, for for extreme performance in, in powerlifting, it's not so much that you ever can really avoid injury. It's almost inevitable that you're going to be injured. But you said to me, what you want to avoid is catastrophic injury, um, because yeah. like everyone's going to get little pulls and yeah. little little fibers tears and stuff like that, and uh, and that's just part of the game. I mean, everyone's training their butts off, pushing pushing the limits and. You know, if, if all of a sudden on the bottom you, you move a little bit one way and, and out of the groove, well, I, there, there, there's a little pull. There's something. It's just doing massively stupid stuff to get hurt on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sooner or later something's going to happen. When I blew my knee out, that was 100% my fault. I rushed my squat set up. I put my right leg out too far, so when I went down, the, my right knee came in, and I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Plain simple. That was my fault. And for those of you who are actually um, listening to this and have not seen it, <laughs> I'm not going to suggest necessarily looking at it if you're squeamish. But uh, yeah, um, YouTube the injury that is yeah. um, talk, talking about. <laughs> yeah. You can actually, yeah, you can see you can see that on uh, on YouTube. Um, like he says, Ed Cone injury. But like I said, don't don't look at it if you're kind of squeamish to these things. But how long you can see how kind of yeah how bad that was. How long was your recovery on that? Uh, six months. I, I got home. My cousin, who's a, a very good orthopedic surgeon, was waiting for me at the house. The next day, I went in to his office for an MRI, and he had already talked to the surgeon on staff uh, in Ohio. I got hurt at the Mountaineer Cup, which was right in West Virginia. Yeah. So he had talked to him and, and seen a regular X-ray and could see the position of the kneecap where it was, and said, "We know what it is. We, we got to go in anyway, so we're going to open you up anyway." So. I went in uh, that Tuesday for surgery, an hour and a half, came out, and uh, the same day, and uh, they sent me home, and then uh, within uh, two weeks, I, st- I took the uh, staples or stitches, I don't know, because I never looked at my leg for six months. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at it. I never even looked at it for six whole months. And I uh, started my therapy, and six months later, I put a bar back in my back, and it was like I never left. What about uh, let's go right on to from here. What what about your hip then? You recently had a hip hip replacement. Well, you know, the, 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 uh, I actually had my hip done in Norway because uh, my cousin again said that uh, a lot of places in Europe are up to six years ahead of what uh-huh. our FDA allows. And I lived with a friend of mine, Espen Arnson, who's a uh, he has a a big personal training thing all over Europe and uh, even the Saudi Arabia, and uh, which is like the hardest class I've ever seen in my, in my life, so it's like real, and it costs a lot of money. But he was a naturopath and ran a school in Sweden, so I lived with him in Oslo right next to this uh, Holman Cohen, which is the, uh, the, the a famous ski jump, where they have World Cup events and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I lived in the mountains there, and every single day he drove me down to his gym and had someone do my therapy every single day. Uh, Roger Holmdahl. And, uh, I would come home and just pass out. Ugh. But three weeks after surgery, I could do a split squat all the way down on the bad hip. Below parallel? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, he <clears throat> kicked my ass. Uh, he did stuff <laughs> that that uh, nobody ever would dream of back here. We used, we used weight on all these kinds of resistant stuff and negatives and... Uh, yeah, he kicked my buddy. Actually, went to a hip school before I got there. The, the the doctor there said my my right leg was probably just a couple centimeters shorter than the left one all my life. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's possible when I when I hurt my knee, it could have sent a shockwave up and jammed it a little bit and started it. But then again, you know, my mom. I blame my mom, and I learned about it every day that 
My mom has osteoarthritis. arthritis. Uh. She said both knees replaced, shoulder replaced. So, you know, I blame her, and I let her know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sweet of you. I bet mom loves that. <clears throat> oh gosh, she doesn't. She just laughs. She doesn't care. She'll be eighty-four so, this year, so she's laughing at me. Am I am I correct? And you got the hip with the the ceramic and stainless. Is that right? Well, yeah, uh, <clears throat> definitely. And uh, the at the time they were they were over here. They were still doing metal on metal, and I mm-hmm. asked about it over there, and they said, "No, our show, studies show different." So they knew a year and a half before any of the studies came out here mm-hmm. what was going to happen. So they wouldn't do it over there. And he, my 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 surgeon over there, I had it done in a private hospital. He's done a lot of work with skiers and stuff over there, which is you know that's their big time. And uh, he said, no, I have people that still hit the moguls on skiing, even when they're not supposed to, and they've been going for 15 years strong. He goes, you can power lift all you want, just don't run and jump. That's uh, what I don't want you to do. Who likes running, anyways? That's running's overrated. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't do that anyway. So, <laughs> so the prognosis is good. I mean, so they're talking at least 15 years, and and likely more without having to. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely could. Who knows? Because a lot of the people they do hip replacements on usually are older. Yeah, and they don't have muscle tendon ligaments, the thick bone structure. They don't have all that going for them. That uh, a weight trained athlete would. So, what are you doing training wise now? I mean, I know people want to know that. Actually, I'm actually I'm actually getting better now. I've waited way too long to get my hip. Um, I was in a lot. An exorbitant amount of pain before I went in, and uh, I mean, actually, I, I could, I could send you guys a, a picture, a picture of the, the, the head of my femur. It's supposed to be smooth and shiny. They, when they lopped it off, they just put it on the table and took a picture for me, and it looks like literally like an old giant meatball. Oh. There's so much arthritis oh. and crap running through it. It was just nasty. It was just ready <laughs> to crumble. But. Uh, but anything I want. I mean, this week I started a new training cycle and uh, in my squad. I just started off at 540 for eight. Really, really easy. And I've got a bunch of them below parallel. So it's starting to feel better and better. And my body, even after three years, my body's starting to react even better now when I'm feeling it. So, yeah, you can keep progressing for a long, long time. Yeah. You ever thought about stepping on the platform again? If I got my strength level back up, I would do it for you know something raw for fun. That'd be fun. <clears throat> I'm 50 also, but you know, and then the other thing is, is, is you know, I I have to be strong enough to live up to my old ego. My yeah. yes, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that would that would kill me. Everything feels good. Good. No, that that's the ego thing. That's that's one thing that that's a good topic there. I mean, that's uh. You know, I've been talking to, you know, various people I know, Windler and Dave Tate and stuff about that. And one of the hardest things as we get older is realizing that we're getting closer to those years where we're not fighting to get better than we were. We're fighting to not get worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I guess yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy being a little bit of who I was. Yeah. But uh, I've decided since I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling better, I'm going to uh, start moving my list back up a little bit just to make myself feel even better. Yeah. And then uh, the only thing different I do now is uh, I do I, I do some some fighting. I learn how to fight. Okay. Street fight, uh, JKD. So you still at Quads so Gym? Like, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. On the south side. Okay. There's one in the in the city, on the north side, which is phenomenal. And the, the south side one is a a little bit dirty. You're you're pretty much a felon or a cop in there. That's about it. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's so, the type of place you need to be. So. And, you told me once. Yeah. Yeah, you told me once when I was uh, when you were just retiring and we were speaking and you were saying it's not necessarily your age that was kind of like making you think of retirement. It was more just the accumulation of, you know, all the, you know, years that you had spent, you know, winning championships and sometimes so you know, almost like it was the mileage, not necessarily the age. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know, you beat yourself up all of a sudden mm-hmm. when you when you decide just to slow down a little bit and step back and your attitude changes a little bit, and then you realize, holy crap, am I tired. <laughs> like, man, I want to go to sleep and you know be like Rumpelstiltskin and sleep for all those years. Yeah. Um, so it, it's taken a while to get some of the uh, 
enthusiasm back, but I've never stopped. Yeah. We talk about it all the time on here. I mean, the, the true... The, the true people never do stop. I mean, what would you do if you did? I mean, you hear about Olympians and stuff, I guess, from time to time that, you know, they, they go and get the gold and they quit forever and never touch a weight again or never touch their skis again or whatever. But I, I just, I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, <laughs> you I see. Know, just look at, just look at the pictures of Bruce Jenner right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's going full scale, I think, gender reassignment, that guy. Yeah, yeah, I hate something's wrong there, but uh, well, maybe he'll make a better looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, he... Ed, what, what would what would you? Um, I, I know we talked a little bit about this, about how, kind of what you know you were most proud of and so forth. But from an objective standpoint, as far as the powerlifting community looking at you know the, the greats of our sport, and you know they focus on Ed Cohn and you know what you know all factors combined what was probably your best lift what do you think they would determine to be has your best lift um like i mean and i mean a specific the 901 deadlift mm-hmm. yeah yeah we were actually discussing it was, that it was, it was it was done under ipf rules at the uspf nationals in 1991 with two hour weigh with the hardest judges that there are and it's in a full meet it's not like you know yeah. oh i broke ed cohen's record well no you you had 24-hour lanes, and all you did was deadlift. You didn't do it in the full meet. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't break Well, no one's broke it yet either, but uh, um, you didn't break it. That's why those a lot of that all-timeless is, is stupid. I've said it before. Uh, since he came out with it, Michael Stone is the one that polarized powerlifting. He came out with that all-timeless that puts everyone on the same list from every different federation mm-hmm. with every yeah. different rule and says, oh, this is the all-timeless. Wait, you're gonna you're gonna say someone like you know Brad Gillingham, who or you know David Rich or some of these guys in the IPF OLAC who did an 804 squat at 165, drug tested and passed, and uh, with two hour weigh-ins under strictest judging in the world, mm-hmm. um, gets out squatted by someone in multiply who by the time the 165 pound class came around, he made 180 something. And he he used a monolith with multiply and squatted high. Yeah, you know I mean? you can't compare those two. Yeah, stuff like that that you can't compare. It doesn't mean that the other guy's not strong. It just means you just shouldn't compare him. Yeah, and yeah. he and does the, on his list, and it's just stupid. Yeah, and that's why I kind of like how you were saying earlier about the whole concept of you know it's not just the pounds that you lift. It's kind of like the the consistency of good form and technique and kind of that kind of thing because. You know, I th- you know me enough to know that kind of I, I you guys all do that. You know, I, I kind of look to that too. It's like okay, well, you know, numbers are great to hear, but like you know, what were all the conditions under which he lifted? You know, like um, mm-hmm. sure, you know, what was what was the was it a, what was it a three lift um you know performance? What was exactly? Because sometimes, very often, um, just numbers don't tell the whole story. Because I've heard sometimes things, and then I've seen the video of two different things, and some guy who's squatting 300 pounds more, um, the lift is far less impressive than some guy you know that I see that's doing you know 620. Yeah, the manner in which it was done, you know. Yeah, yeah. I so totally you know, agree. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> the just the numbers um, for people who are listening, the numbers don't always tell the whole story, um, and even sometimes the videos don't tell the whole story, as Ed's saying sometimes because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and all those types of different factors that are brought into play. So yeah, yeah. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's it's you know your own your own pride. You know if it's if it's if the squat's good, you can go back and watch your own video. Yeah. But yeah. if you consistently go to the same meets and have your buddies judge you all the time, and let you get away with shit, well, I guess it's bull. And I'm sorry, it's just it's just bull. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I'm not singling out like just multiply. There's a lot of bull crap that goes on everywhere, and uh, and because I help a lot of multiply guys out, mm-hmm. but you know, I'd like to see you squat low. But if, if if I go to a meet and I'm helping somebody and uh, they're judging a certain way, you say, okay, they're judging tighter here, they're judging looser here. Go yeah. ahead, we'll up the weight because they're letting you go with this. That's that's done everywhere. That's even done in the IPF when you watch how they're judging today. How's my session being judged? Who's on the platform? Who's judging? Yeah. You know, if if your top competitors are Russian and Ukrainian and a Polish guy. And the three judges are Russian, Ukrainian, and Polish. You better <laughs> squat down low. 
No, and that's the part that pisses me off is when the judging varies from person to person. Um, yeah, that, that, that can happen. It's usually, it's usually based on how much what the lifters if they will judge record lifts yes different than they would and let them let them slide. And, and it should be the opposite. I mean, if anything, it in be, my you, mind, you, it should you, be you the opposite. Be, yeah, you want it to be on the post. That's why you have judges that are international that are qualified. Yeah. To judge bigger lifts on an yeah. international level. I mean, in my mind, if some kid comes out and he's squatting 225 in his first meet, and it's a little high, eh, what's it going to hurt? You know, keep the kid's ego up. You know, but for God's sake, if somebody's out there trying to beat a, an actual world record, it better be done under the strictest conditions that there can be. Oh, without a doubt, because because <laughs> you know the guys before you probably did it good. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so, it, 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 it's 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 respect. For the past, respect for the present, and respect, respect for the future. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press and protein, uh, there's a new development on the right side of the page. You can see ebook. And there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So, thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes – we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. We'll go to a couple of the listener questions here. Um, one good one, I think, is... Um, by Sean Choi, actually, the guy who won our contest. Um, he says, with the recent resurgence of raw powerlifting, how is it the same or different from the golden era when you were competing? Not much at all, because the, uh, the wraps and suit I had back then um, didn't do as much as some of the wraps and suits do now. So uh, um, I, would, I would say it's, it's, it's not, not much different at all, except a lot of the raw stuff now, they're still using the the monolift, which is which is way way different. Yeah, it's way way different. You can't say this is an all-time record when you didn't, you know, when you, the record you're breaking was walked out. Walked out. Yeah. Was walked out. You know, you, you can't do that. But uh, you know, I think I think it's great. I think people it, it makes a, a meat run a lot faster, and it's usually easier to judge. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I you bring bring up something I wanted to just add to you. Um, you know, you're saying about the golden era fill and all that of powerlifting you know we we've Lonnie and i have kind of bantered back and forth in episodes past about you know what what we would have deemed to be objectively maybe that you know the golden era of bodybuilding and I, I think in a large way i think powerlifting 
um, the sport of powerlifting kind of um, mirrors um, the same kind of time frame that bodybuilding does as far as you know what would be considered the golden era because yeah, pretty um, pretty close when uh, when bodybuilding started entering the area of uh, insulin growth hormone and that changed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like just recently, I've been kind of on a kick on YouTube, looking at a lot of the old, you know, um, film footage. And yes, it is film back then. The film footage of all those like, old competitions, including some of your older ones in the '80s and so forth. And it really is when you, you when you have a are well versed in the sport of powerlifting, all the different you know um, variables like are the sport of powerlifting, and you look at some of those old film footage. Um, it's hard to argue with some of the just outstanding, outstanding performances that existed back there, um, you know, comparatively, even though even some of them are, you know, not nearly as, again, poundage-wise as, as, as great, you know, it's, um, it's hard to argue with some of the performances back then and, and just um, almost oh, the attention. It's, it's the conditions they were in, especially, you know, when, when you've got guys, you know, you've you got a guy who puts uh, 30 pounds on in 24 hours. Yeah. With the 24-hour weight, well, you're not really in the same weight class. You're, you may be strong, you lift a lot of weight, but you're not in the same weight class as someone that did it differently before you. Yeah. You know, even like if you look at some of the, you know, that footage that's probably everybody has seen on YouTube, you know, Bill Kazmaier, who I know is, you know, a friend of, and, you know, here of yours, Ed's, as well mm-hmm. as anybody else who likes strength. You know, you look at his, I don't know, it was like 838, 40 or something like that, way, way back, and you look at the way he squats it, you know, and it's, it's almost like an Olympic style squat, comparative to you know, like yeah. like you're saying, he he walks yeah. out with the exactly. his 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 foot stance, his like shoulder width apart, like you know, it's he the, the depth is there. It's 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 an actual and, and this kind of sounds kind of shitty to say, but it's an actual squat. You know, it's not like some of these lifts today that are almost just like back lifts. They're not even squats. You know, and, and, yeah, but, and that yeah. was a, well. Now now they got squat bars. So you got a fifty-five pound bar, and actually, I, I, I have one. So it's a little longer and thicker. Mm-hmm. So they'll handle more weight, and you can get into it easy. Back then, we had a, just like a regular, you know, Texas power, you know, type bar, and you had to use it for the whole meet on every single lift. So Bill didn't really. You got well, you got a guy Bill size or something, and he just he wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> he couldn't fit in there. So I, I definitely appreciate some of the stuff he did with that little bars. You know, as, as compared to me using the same bar that he had. It's still it's 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 definitely different, and uh, and oh yeah, and, and he walked it out and just like everyone else and had to squat low, but he couldn't get away with going that wide and having to walk out and set up. Yeah, that's what right, the model yeah. is to help people, you know, so they can set up extra wide. Well, yeah, and I mean that that is definitely true that the monolift has facilitated the ability for athletes to do that because, like you say, I mean to get those kind of stances just with a walkout is almost not only a, yeah. a waste of time but it would be horrifically dangerous you'd have to you know it'd have to be oh, like, yeah, a, like a 25 point turn in a car yeah so i mean oh. you know those and, those and and these are the kind of variables people that we're talking about about you know and there's multitudes of them that you know if you know what you're looking at you know kind of a little bit about the sport you can start picking apart these things and and all these things are are, are variables that really do add up to a lot. You know, they might be five pounds here, 15 pounds there, two pounds, but I mean, it really does add up to a start factoring in all these different things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> Here's a great question. Um, you know, rightly so, and I'd say not even arguably, m- most people consider you the greatest powerlifter of all time. Um, who did you look up to <clears throat> when you were coming along? Well, I mean, Mike Bridges was Ed Cohen before Ed Cohen came along. I don't mean to say my name in the third person, but he was he was there before me, and I still see him uh, like at the Olympia or the uh, I talked to him at the Arnold for I don't know forty minutes this year. And uh, uh, the reason I started powerlifting was I saw Kaz on TV with our nationals one year, and uh, I was like, oh my god, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's that's when it started. But you know, I I had a good group of guys. I mean, some Saturdays I'd go down and do my demo work on at Ernie Francis. So you have Ernie France, you have Bill Spino, who was a world holder, record holder in the bench, and you had Dennis Reed and a, a bunch of other guys that were really good. Yeah. So uh, I had a good group of guys, and I'd go there and do the routine I was supposed to, and that's it. How, you know, how, I always had really good feedback. 
And how big is that to you? I mean, I know I, I preach it all the time. Like I, I run a team here and I've been on various teams and, you know, or training with a group of people. Uh, it, in my opinion, it's huge. The people you're around. I mean, he can make you or break you if you're with a great group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of times during the week when I got, uh, when I did some of my best lifting, is I just had a, a, a group of regular guys around me that we all just lifted in the gym. Some of them, you know, didn't even squat 600. It didn't matter. Yeah. But we were all there for each other and everyone helped. It came down to my set. I didn't have to worry about loading weights or, or worrying about spotters or mm-hmm. anything else. My guys were there for me as I was for them. So we all, we all helped and it was a great crew for a long time. And that's the neat thing. You're, you're kind of seeing that come back. And I mean, part of it, I guess, is due to, to CrossFit, you know, these small gyms. But uh, you're seeing a lot of it come back in powerlifting, too, I, I think. And I think that's coming along with the, the resurgence in raw lifting a bit. Um, you're seeing more and more groups get together, small groups. And, you know, I, I, I'd run meets yeah, out. A lot, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of CrossFit and stuff is, is actually a lot of powerlifters do some little uh, clinics at a lot of CrossFit places to teach them how to squat bench and deadlift correctly. I yeah. did, like, uh, you see, uh, who's it, Kolkov, Polivnikov, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Ilian go to all those places in the U.S. I watch all those videos, uh, and it's all in Russian, but it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, half hour, 40 minutes long, and I, I'm still, like, in awe over watching that stuff. Yeah. Here's, who do you look up to now? I mean, what lifters are impressing you now, I guess is how I'd, I'd say it. Uh, the, one of the biggest ones, besides, yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally, Brad Gillingham, mm-hmm. because, I mean, besides the weights he lifts, he's just the consummate gentleman that could ever be. And uh, David Ricks. David Ricks is still going strong and still, I mean, he has a physique of someone that's like 20 years old still. Mm-hmm. He's like 54 or something. <laughs> um, but then, you know, there's a lot of foreign lifters. I mean, uh, I, I got some uh, some people from Norway I like. There's a kid at 83 kilos. Uh, Bachman, who uh, is phenomenal. Um, you got Carl uh, Ingvar Christofferson, who did a 1058 squad at the IPF Worlds. At super heavyweight, and he ended up getting beat by the Russian because of the, the Russian big bench. But uh, some of these guys are freaking awesome. I mean, Oleg from Poland is still going strong, and mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the best powerlifters of all time, still going. Yeah, and he's got a young man. <clears throat> uh, Ian Bell pulled an 848 deadlift in the in the deadlift contest at the Arnold, um, and he's only a little over 200 pounds, and he's still a kid, basically. Yeah, obviously, you know, Gene Gene Bell's uh blood didn't help it didn't hurt him at all yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah but it's it's it's, it's 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 pretty cool there's some really really good monster lifters out there yeah. that are doing some stuff i mean look at eric Lillibridge. yeah and uh his buddy derek kendall i helped derek derek out at the beginning and uh as long as these guys stay in a program and don't get hurt well they, they got a little bit left in them there's mm-hmm. not they can only go up so high but uh because they've come on so strong so fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, these guys are doing really, really cool stuff. I mean, they're monsters. And, yeah. And the thing about, like, if you meet the Little Burgers, they're three of the nicest men you would ever meet in your life. They bend over backwards to help people. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you're just around them, you feel so uplifted, it's really cool. And, and it's not like a... It, it's a little bit plug, but um, it's, it's, it's not for anything but to say there's... There's some really good people in the sport, and that's the what the sport like needs said, is more at, of that. Look at it, as, as much as as much as people like talk crap about Lou. Like I said, he was the very first person to yeah. contact me after I blew my knee out and sent me a sled for free, sent me bands, sent me this, sent me that to help rehab. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's exactly what the sport needs. I mean, and I I think it's what it has. Like you said, there's a lot of great people in it. The sad fact is there's. You know, just like the news, the bad stuff always gets the best press. You know, nobody, you never hear yeah, about all the great people. Usually, usually, yeah, usually <sighs> the, the, the weasels with fake names on the internet are the ones that do it. But, yeah. you know, uh, if you got a group of lifters together for dinner, if you got the USAPL and then some other raw and then some multiply guys, they have a riot at dinner still. It's just the bullshit on the internet that makes it look bad. But most lifters get to, you know, get together and have a good time. There's not a lot of crap out there. So what what weight class did you like the best with the two twenties? Yeah, I lasted the longest there and was probably the, the strongest before I started getting, you know, 
too many injuries. The only reason I went up in weight was just for a cushion. Yeah. I wanted to squat a thousand too. Lonnie, what do you got? No nutrition questions or anything, Fred? You know, actually, one of my questions is about training. I remember, Ed, you gave me a book, gosh, about 14 years ago, I think, that it was the the Man, the Myth, the Method book. And, uh, yeah, I still have is, a few copies left. Is there, is there a method? I mean, based on what you were saying before, it all sounds pretty straightforward. But, like, you kept saying pick the right numbers. Did you have a, a special way that you picked numbers without going into too much depth or... No, my my, uh, my my table, my kitchen table used to look like Jim Carrey from that movie 21 or whatever it was, with all the numbers written all over the place, all the different routines. It was like <laughs> hundreds all the time, just jotting it down to see, you know, about, you know making sure and, and putting different variables in and stuff like that to make sure I had the right stuff to do. I mean, my off-season was my off-season. It was meant to strengthen the stuff that I... I, I was lacking in. I mean, I didn't have huge legs, but I had I had a, a, a good sized butt, strong hips, and lower back. Mm-hmm. So I would do higher bar, high bar, close stance squats in the off season to build up my quads even more because that was a weakness. I would do nothing but a stiff leg deadlift standing on a block in the off season. I would make sure I, I would make sure my my inclines, shoulder presses, and uh, triceps got a little stronger in the off season. So that's what it was meant for, and that's what I did. So then when it came down to getting in season, those weaknesses were less than they were before. So then, wow, what a, what a brilliant way of thinking. You're, you're, you work on your weaknesses. They're not <laughs> as weak as they were before. You're going to go up in the long run. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually pretty simple, but the hard part is doing it over and over and over and keeping those numbers in that training log so your lifts keep going up, and you pick the right numbers every time, so you don't overextend yourself and screw up the whole thing by the end. So, were you able to project that out from the start, your whole program, or was did you kind of go on the fly as you were feeling through the months? No, I, I could I could project it from the start <clears throat> because I knew what I did in the past. Yeah, nice. If you know what the what the past is, you can predict predict the future pretty much, you know, every time almost. Yeah, I mean, of course, and it's not think, written in in, in in pen. You know, I wrote it in pencil because so there could be some minor changes if I tweaked the calf mm-hmm. and I had to do something different than a squat workout or or something like that. But it's pretty much the way I wrote it out. I was just to say, Ed, do you think it's fair to say that a lot of um, strength enthusiasts in general overthink? things to a degree that kind of um, is a roadblock for them because the way you're speaking is kind of indicative of this whole mindset of at the end of the day you just have to get stronger you know and if you're yeah I got a a good one for that but go ahead no it's just uh, no go ahead Bob well no I was just saying that 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 whole kind of mentality of where I find a lot of people you know even in bodybuilding or whatever whatever pertains to for diet and so forth and we've discussed this on the show. Lonnie certainly knows I bring this up every once in a while. Just the whole idea that people, and I think the phrase that Lonnie used sometimes uses analysis paralysis. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the, the, this whole whole mm-hmm. idea. And I think this I think this easily kind of moves over, transcends over to the training where people just and 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 certainly there's a lot to know about training and there's a lot of nuance to kind of you know tweaking things as you go on and on so you get better at what you're doing, your craft as, as it is, but. I think sometimes people th- just think too much, right? And they try and micromanage everything. Sure, you analyze, you paralyze. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like by the time that you get under the weight or you grab the bar or whatever it is, there comes a point in time that you just got to leave that behind and just almost revert to more kind of just animal aggression. You know, it's like there's a time yeah, to you, think. Usually, and there's, there's, yeah, there's time no, for God, action. Yeah, there's time to think. There's time, yeah. Um, I did uh, one of the elite fitness learning train seminars for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And on my platform, I had Matt Lenning. Matt is a very, very intelligent, strong guy. I've known Matt since when he was way younger. We used to talk on the phone. And some guys would, their form would be perfect, but they they feel off and it's not quite right. And Matt's length was exactly what you just said. He goes, no, everything is good. You just got to get stronger. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes. Getting a little stronger will correct some weaknesses. Like if a guy bends over a little bit more in the quad when he starts, well, sometimes it's just 
Well, as you get stronger, your legs get stronger, your back gets stronger, it'll take care of itself yeah. sometimes. Sometimes it's not always, oh, well, you have to tweak this and do this and do this. Sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not like that at all. Sometimes you just have to get stronger. You know, and, and then and, and then the other thing is, usually when guys start analyzing stuff in a routine, usually that's when things are going bad, yeah. or they're not as strong as they want to be. So they look up an excuse or an easy way out. What should I change right away? No, maybe you just picked your numbers wrong, and yeah. maybe you just got to get stronger. Yeah, don't analyze it; just keep it the same and get stronger. Well, and you and see a lot of people fast. micromanaging. Fast. You see sure. a lot of people micromanaging, sure. and they they put too much attention into doing their banded pull throughs and tricep kickbacks, and you know they spend all this time trying to figure out the perfect thing when really they could have gained a lot by just going in and squatting, benching, and deadlifting. You know? Yeah, build the build the whole thing, yeah. but with with real weights, with real lifts, and usually the the rest little stuff will take care of itself. You just, yeah. you, it's just little things that you do to uh, to make sure you don't have a. Uh, you know, do some back delt work and lat work right. so your front delts don't pull forward or too, that aren't too overly powerful. You're, there's some muscle and balance stuff that you, you got to do. You know, the reason uh, uh, a lot of the kettlebell stuff and a lot of the um, um, uh, big stability balls and stuff, after physical therapy, um, there's really not too much use yeah. in them at all. It's just for people that don't want to squat bench and deadlift. Well, and, and then it's also, kind of like you said, it's also, it also takes maturity to, in the off-season, you would do what you were not good at. <laughs> and most yeah, people I, don't I get whatever's weak, strong. Yeah, and it takes, yeah. it takes a level of maturity to go in and do what you suck at. You know? and, but know yeah, that being, in the end, that's going to be... It, 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 yeah, being <laughs> honest with yourself is the hardest part. Yeah, I mean... And then you've got to admit, okay, this is what I suck at. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. And that's, you know, kind of like... The, the only way I got okay at deadlifting is I went in and deadlifted a, a shitload. You just go in and pull. When I'm done yeah. pulling, I did stiff like a deadlift. When you're done doing that, do this. You know, and it's yeah, it doesn't. You know. It's not, it, you gotta get out of that comfort zone because if you're if you're too comfortable with it at all times, you're really not putting that much intention yeah. into it. So um, let's talk about uh, what you got going on now with um, you know was it Strong Ink and stuff like that. Oh, strength Ink. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I get on there. I have a, a bunch of routines on there, a bunch of videos, and uh, I get on there every week and answer a whole bunch of questions from people. And uh, if they send in videos, we analyze their form. Um, and I'll, I'll be coming out with some like nice, easy beginner eBooks for squat, bench, and deadlift, and maybe some nutrition stuff. I'm trying to have Stan Efferding, who's probably the smartest guy in the whole of nutrition, help me out a little bit with that. But uh, very, very simple. Keep it simple and build on it from there. But, you know, someone's like, you know, well, what's the difference between a beginner and an advanced program? Not a lot. You just got stronger and you pick your numbers better. Yeah. No, it's refreshing to hear that you're coming out with some e-books and stuff like that because uh, today, now everybody in the world's coming out with an e-book. It, it's good to hear that somebody with some credibility and some actual time under the bar is coming out with one. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I've read a few people's e-books and they're like, it's like a, it's like a, reading Uncle Tom's Cabin. It's so War and Peace. It's so big. Yeah. It's like what? What the hell do you have to use all these fancy, fancy words for? And, you know, all the technical stuff to make yourself sound smarter than everyone else. Yeah. And make it so hard and in depth and, and technical for you. Don't have to do that. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And what is the it's, what is the old saying? Don't make it so difficult. You know, the the job of a great teacher is to make the difficult simple. You know, so, you know, yeah, make it so it is, they can understand it, it, it. Most of it is pretty simple, but it's, it's, it's how you teach it and how you learn it. Yeah. So, that, you know, what is that? Oh, sorry. Oh, um, here's one. I, I, actually, I actually joined Facebook, too. My girlfriend, yeah. Bob, you met her before, Hega. Um, she, uh, she decided to make me a Facebook page uh, two weeks ago. So I actually have a Facebook page too. <laughs> and and Facebook like, shut it down for a little bit, didn't they? Because they thought it wouldn't uh, you. Th three three times they wouldn't <laughs> let me. They wouldn't let me request anyone because they thought it was a fake head cold. So I made a video of me sitting on the couch. <laughs> I put it up there so this is the real me. <laughs> I thought that was pretty nice. hilarious. It's funny. Uh, it's it, 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 it's kind of cool. I've never been on Facebook before, so I got like three thousand already. Yeah. 
So um, people can go to Strength Inc. then and become a member, and then what? Is there a form that they go on and well, they can well, stuff to, in to, to, to actually become a member, it's like one hundred and twenty dollars for this for the whole year. Uh huh. Okay. So it's actually nothing, and they can send in as many questions as they want, and uh, take all the routines off there, and uh, and e- email us and and whatever they need, and we'll answer all the questions at all times. And if they like, I said, if they if they send in videos of their lifts, I analyze the video for them, and everyone else gets to see it too. Nice. So, I mean, is it on a, a, a forum type thing, or is it all through email? Uh, well, they just they just email us okay. through Strength Inc. Gotcha. If they're a member, and <clears throat> uh, and then uh, yeah, that's that's the website. I, I have a Facebook for Strength Inc. too. Yeah. But okay. uh, yeah, and then we just uh, we read them out on video and answer, mention their name and, and answer them on video. Awesome. Uh, every Friday, and uh, then we put them up. Put them up. That's pretty sweet. And then you we'll got the blog and everything else. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's good to see. Yeah. Like I said, it's good to see somebody with. <laughs> there's so many people that shouldn't have voices that are really loud nowadays due to social media. It's good to see a person that's like good. you come it's, out. Yeah, and you see them if they're if they're loud enough, they for some reason they get attention. You know, yeah. you, you see <clears throat> some of these guys that are, uh, men and women that are, are trainers that are on news programs, and you're like. Oh my God, that's horrible! Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, mm-hmm. it's great to see somebody with some credibility coming out and having having a voice now too. I hope I hope a lot of people. Thanks, I, I, I appreciate it. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. We need we need. Uh, what Carlo about you, Fortress? How, how, how's the uh, Fortress's training going? Fortress is doing all right. I'm kind of re- recuperating still from a kind of a hip back kind of thing that I. Mm-hmm. Um, hurt not not through training but from actually uh, you know from my new career my in the training academy i kind of heard it but it's going well you know and um as even you know from days past when we've spoken i've kind of i'm, I'm less about you know um, actual competing than actual just personal satisfaction from lifting so um i i, sure. I intend to i intend to compete again um and i did a couple times a couple years ago but you know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things where, and that, that's why kind of I liked that whole thing that you were saying earlier about the whole um, taking pride in not just the lift, you, uh, the, the amount of weight you're lifting, but like what you're, how you got, like how you're achieving that, you know, the technique. And yeah, the, the whole form. thing. The whole thing matters. You know, so I, I kind of, you know, that that's kind of where I get my kind of my motivation and my kind of my satisfaction from. Um, and I don't need, and, and this maybe sounds air arrogant but it, i don't mean it to be this way but i don't need judges or anybody else to tell me because i know when a lift's good and i know mm-hmm. when a lift sucks <laughs> so because i'm i'm yeah. i'm harder on myself than anybody could ever be so yeah. um it, it wasn't a good day if i didn't even though even though you win a trophy that's not always what it's about it's like did i lift the weights that i was capable of that i trained yeah. for Sometimes you don't, and then you regroup and you come back, and then you hit it better next time. Now, if you don't hit the ones that you want, and you're unhappy with your performance, well, that, that's okay because you you have your own pride in your lifting. Like if I didn't bench yeah. 500 when I knew I could have benched 500, no problem. Oh, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was pissed because, and then then come the next training partner uh, cycle, you know damn well that you're up in the intensity a bit and you're going for it even harder than you did. You realize what you got. And yeah. that's what it's about. It's a, you know, it's you want to feel so, good, lift good weight, and know that it's you know, beyond approach. Even last night when I was in the gym, I was talking to a younger guy who's kind of um, just gotten into powerlifting and so forth. And I was telling him how so so often, I think it's probably always been like this, but it seems it, it just seems kind of more so these days, you know, certainly with all the whole advent of people's self-importance with selfies and Facebook, you know, Twitter, everything's the whole mm-hmm. idea that so many people are in gyms and they're, they're using it as a means to an end, you know, whereas I think true, true, um, you know, um, Students of, of of the art of weightlift, weight training, and all that kind of stuff. They they do the means to it's not a means to an end. It's a means itself. You know, they're not in there for the six pack. They're not there. They're there because they. There's no end. It's the end. That's the end. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, 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 it's just the beginning. It's still the beginning. It's not till I'm putting the ground and it's the end that I can't lift. Yeah. Nice. And you like enjoy that. you're still figuring new things out about yourself. <clears throat> oh god yeah yeah absolutely and that's the thing i mean <clears throat> like of all of us on here i'm the one that competes the most and that's for me it's just i 
competitions are great, but I love the training. You know, the competition for me is just, yeah. hey, did this last eight months of training, let's see what it added up to. You know? <laughs> that's, because, <clears throat> so. that's because every time you squat, bench, and deadlift, you do an exercise that you want to get better on. Yeah. That is a competition in itself. It's an accomplishment every time you do it right and you know you did it right and you hit the numbers you wanted to. Yeah. You know, let's let's not let's not uh, miss words here, Phil. You're you're into the comp competition for the groupies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, it's all the groupies that follow me around. That's that's what it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. You know, you know that big, huge, the the, the huge population of powerlifting groupies that just travel the country. <laughs> Ed, Ed knows yeah, all about those. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, from the Grateful Dead, those guys. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a what a mix of people that would be. Yeah. Oh no. But Ed, thanks. I mean, it was a great hour. Um, is there anything else that we missed that you're currently doing that you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. No, really. I mean, I have my two dogs and a girlfriend who's great, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. You know, parents are still alive. There you go. Uh, I'm getting stronger again. I feel good, and I uh, got the website, the Facebook, and I train some people, and I'm pretty happy. You ever thought about getting out and doing any of the seminars and stuff like that that the people go doing? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, in June and November, I have to go to uh, Australia. To uh, there's some meets out there they want me at, and then uh, I'll do some seminars afterwards. Nice. Uh, yeah, my cool. seminars are more like I'm not this great orator or anything like that because I just need to talk at a, at a local high school with some strength coaches. Mm -hmm. My thing is I bring everyone into the weight room. Okay. Now all the strength coaches, this is how I do things for the squat, bench, and deadlift and assistance work. Mm -hmm. And now you come here and let me see you do it. How can you teach it if you don't know how to do it yourself? Yeah. You can't. You yeah. got you to gotta get a better feel for it. You got to yeah. know how to do it. And so my seminars are more like uh, – more like a more like a training type seminar where I'll go through everything and just open it all up for question and answers and then I want I want almost everyone to squat bench and demo so we get their technique down. Then at least they get they get more out of it and they walk away with being better than they were before. Yeah. Like a workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a workshop. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. Cool. Well I'll tell you as And you were you were talking about nutrition before? I realized I didn't know shit about nutrition when I when I sat down with uh, <laughs> I plug him all the time, but Stan Efferding and uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, probably the smartest guy in nutrition I've, I've ever met, and, and he learned a lot because he trained with uh, Flex Wheeler for a long time, who I actually could say is a friend of mine, which is really cool, and uh, totally normal guys that were just phenomenal at what they did. But uh, yeah. when I when I hear Stan talk. It's like I'm in class because he's such a good teacher and he explains it out so basic and easy that, uh, oh, it's, it's it, my health is way better than it was before because of that. <clears throat> so Stand. I will try to get him to do, to do a little ebook with me just on some basic nutrition stuff. And uh, he can have all the proceeds. <laughs> I don't even care about that. As long as I'm associated with that, that's all I want to be with him. <laughs> but uh, that's about it. You know, like yeah. I said, I, I met so many really cool people in the next Still, real cool people. I had her. I mean, you see the picture with me with Milanchev online. Yeah, from yeah. Russia. Yeah, at the Arnold. What a cool guy. Yeah, I'm like hugging a bear too. <laughs> um, and and just strong as heck, but yeah, has a good time and relaxes and appreciates other lifters, and that's mm -hmm. all you can ask for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like you see that. Like like we talked about with the, the infighting within powerlifting, the people fighting. It, it's it's usually it's not the best competitors. Usually the strongest out there, the no, guys that are really doing it, they're not. they're they're good guys. And like you said, if you sat them all down around yeah. the table, they'd all get along. <clears throat> so. Definitely, they'd all have some really good time. Yeah. So, well, thanks for joining us. We're gonna drop it there. It's been a, it's been a good hour. If you ever want to come on again, that'd be great. Maybe we get you and Stan on at the same sure. time after you guys get the. Uh, Sure. This was, just, this was just a, a this, this was just a good time today. I think a lot of times before it was used to be at like one or three in the afternoon, which was a bad time for me. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, maybe we'll get you and Stan on again. We've had Stan on. Stan's one of our favorites that we've had on for sure. He's a good guy. So um, until next time, man. Thanks. It was good talking to you again. You know what, um, Big Bob? I'll, good talking yeah, I'll, to you again. Yeah, for sure. I'll email you uh, sometime in the next few days because it's been it's been too long. 
sure. Now, it's, now, do you guys have a, a, a an app or anything for Iron Radio or? Just no, iTunes. I would, I, how, would I, how would my girlfriend listen to this? I'll send it over to you, and it'll be on iTunes as well. But I'll send you a direct link to it once it's up, and then we're sure, on iTunes. Cool. So I'll shoot it over to you. Appreciate it. <clears throat> And then you guys can put it up on your site then. I'll just send you the direct uh, link. Yeah, I will. <clears throat> That'll work. Thanks a lot. Cool. No problem. Thanks, guys. I yep. appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thanks, Ed. Take care of yourself. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, sports nutrition fans. Join us in beautiful Clearwater Beach, Florida, June 20 and 21, for the 11th Annual ISSN Conference and Expo. You'll learn the latest, greatest sports nutrition from the best minds in the business. Some of our speakers include Juan Carlos Santana, Dr. Mark Tarnopolsky, Gina Lombardi, and many, many more. You'll learn about intermittent fasting, how to exercise to offset poor eating, and also nutritional strategies for maintaining or gaining muscle mass. But the best part is you'll get to rub elbows with the best scientists in the business. The ISSN, why would you go anywhere else? Go to www.theissn.org for more information. That's www.theissn.org for more info. See you there. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.